Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you are. I'm Ray Orsini, and joining me as always, Mr. Matt Topper. We're the hosts of MSP Community Live, where we talk about all the cool stuff that happens in the MSP space uh, for the past week and what we're planning for the next week. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty well. Kind of wishing there was one more day this week. I don't know about you. I, I mean, it's nice that we have absolutely nothing going on next week, so it'll be nice and easy. <laughs> Yeah, super quiet. Really not anything busy or anything to plan for or anything like that. Uh, and I want to say thank you for covering uh, for your appearance yesterday on the Tech Bar uh, little mini pre-show that we did. Um, well, I didn't do. You guys did. Uh, you, John Harden, uh, Andrea Barrow, uh, Alex, and Danny. Uh, that was fun. I did watch it last night. Uh, even though I couldn't make it, I watched it last night when I got home from Disney. So thanks. For <laughs> that was that. a lot of fun. Except, who makes the word dog when you're talking about Dude, I orders? saw that. Oh, man. That was, that was, that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and there, there was that one time that Alex said dog three times in a row. And I was like, oh, shit. They're going to get plastered before the end of this. Right? It's a good thing it was only an hour. Yeah. <laughs> if it was two hours, we'd be uh, doing this for rehab at the You know what I mean? We'd not be to, like to make scrubbing any YouTube alcohol. to delete the recording if it was two hours. Yes, yeah. Uh, what should we call it? Yeah, that uh, it was. It was fun though. Um, so, and actually, I have the box here that uh, John shipped me. Uh, I'm gonna do since he shipped me Pellegrino, uh, and it's supposed to be with bourbon. I decided I'll probably wait till twelve after we do the show for me to do the video of it because uh, I figured. Well, the question is, the are you probably not great? Are you in an airport now? Because then it's okay. Oh, that's true. Airport hours, it's always 5 o'clock, no matter what time. Exactly. Maybe I'll just exactly. go to Miami International and then just drink there. And yeah. Like, <laughs> why are you bring your own Pellegrino? It's because I'm cool like that. That's why. Right. There's a story. So, yeah. So uh, we have, uh, speaking of stories, we have some stories, uh, as always, from Reddit. And we appreciate you guys in the chat. If there's any stories you guys want to cover, um, let us know. Uh but otherwise, let's see what we have here on the Reddits. Were there Unless any stories which you, uh... PSA to use, then then we won't cover it. Oh, that's the first one we're going to cover, of course. Um, <laughs> you know, and of course, you have no no strong opinions one way or the other. So, yeah, of course, unbiased, unbiased, unbiased. Uh, um, no, I, I think no, I have part of Halo PSA. Uh, we appreciate it in tactical RMM. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, tactical RMM. Yeah, um, I'm just going to call this out. If you message me on Reddit, I apologize. I'm notorious for not checking my voicemails. Um, but Discord is probably the easiest way to find me. I always find like ten or five or ten of these people that reach out to me on Reddit, and I'm like horrible about that. Yeah, I'm going to um, go a step further. If you message me on Reddit, don't. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're not easy to find elsewhere. You know what I mean? I mean, Right, there MSPB, must be a hundred ways to get in touch with me. That's the worst yeah. one. Uh, says the two Reddit moderators. <laughs> you got well, to post something. If you want our attention, post something that warrants getting removed, and then then we'll find it. There you go. That will find it. Me and Kelvin beats us both every time. Um, I know. All right, let's do this uh, because this is becoming. This drove me nuts because this isn't new. This is like when NCE we were getting those posts a year after NCE got implemented. The first, second, third, seventh time, whatever. Um, and people were still surprised by NCE changes. Um, at this point, GDAP's not a new thing. 
Kelvin posted, others have posted. I know Nick posted. We pinned it for a long time. Are you still seeing MSPs? And I and I appreciate you know MSP Automator posting this. Um, but are you still seeing MSPs that are unaware of the GDAP GDAP changes? Oh man. Um <laughs> yes. Calling people out now. Yeah, no, it's I get it. MSP is a hard life. There's a lot to track. There's a lot to uh, you know be aware of. Microsoft relationships are kind of one of the major ones, I would think. Yeah. Um, I, I think I don't think that we're seeing very many MSPs who would be seeking out information on Reddit to begin with, who this is news to. I think this is one of those true. cases where the messaging is probably not getting to the people who need to see it. Like I was doing, um, you know, I've been doing security events lately and here we are 2023, almost 2024. And we're still talking about, you should start implementing MFA. I'm like, what year is that? <laughs> I love those. And then when Tony and I report on something or somebody covering for us reports on something on dispatch that could have been stopped by MFA, like it's almost every single time MFA would have solved the problem. Um, and even with the zero days, the zero days that require interna interactive access, most of the time MFA would have solved that. Um, yeah. I mean, so without totally derailing us into that conversation, um, it, the basics are missed. And but I think it's the same problem. If you post on Reddit about the importance of MFA and other security basics types thing, I think it's to an audience that that is not news to. Um, we, we just as a, a channel, as an industry, don't have not yet found the magic way to get the word out to everyone for any topic, security or otherwise. Yeah, and we um, hell Huntress did it. We just we did actually did recording with uh, Ethan Tancredi. Uh, I, at IT Nation Secure, I want to say, um, doing a special report about exactly this. This is not new, but yeah, you're right. There's the there's the uh, discoverability and announcement problem. Some MSPs are on Facebook, some are on Discord, some are on Reddit, some are on you know Tech Tribe, uh, some are on Tom Lawrence's forums. Um, just want to be real clear here. This is a very long and accurate and clearly defined list of stuff you have to do. Just want to be real clear. SIP has had an easy button for a long time um it is it's probably as easy as you're gonna get and it does account for all of these things thanks to kelvin and the other contributors to sip um and if you're not using sip it, it literally costs nothing like go use sip or support them or do both that would be nice yeah um, this is a good post i don't want to take yeah. away from the post by saying it's redundant 100%. i just yeah. i i don't think the people who need it are going we should do like a super bowl ad that would do it we should yeah yeah let's put the money together it's what enable uh, mfa for 30 seconds yeah yeah we got this we got this um how about this uh mmn will cover recording and production costs you cover the cost <laughs> of the commercial and uh we're good uh, yeah there you go i think that counts i'll hang like a promise. green screen in front of my tv and audience size of one <laughs> there you go um actually it would be kind of cool to do uh mmn super bowl ads maybe we'll Take that in consideration all right uh um, they would be fun to make like obviously oh, not sure. air them but it, that would be a fun like contest make a commercial oh yeah that would, I, uh, maybe we got something going on there all right um thanks to andrew from huntress telling us about another active exploitation this one's apache active mq 
I'm not going to go deep into this. This is just, it's a CV. Be aware of it. Yeah. Um, I read that post. It's good info. Um, yeah. You know, read it and determine if you're exposed and have anything you need to patch and patch it. Um, any, T oh, that was a TLDR, but. Uh, oh, man. Um, yes, in, in that's my TLDR topper, on it. On the Mad Topper 1 through 10 scale of, you know, is this something to be aware of or is the sky falling? Where does this fall for you? I don't think the sky is falling. Um, and, and the reason I say that is the vast majority of MSPs or end clients rather won't necessarily have anything internet facing that um, would be exposed to this. And it, it kind of yeah. falls into that same thing we were just talking about. If you're the kind of environment that has like public facing stuff, that's not some you know, like exchange, even then these days, you're probably not reading this post anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, this may absolutely be a shit post, but have you read it yet? <laughs> I have not. No, um, I, so I've been traveling. I haven't read, read it in like a week. Okay. This so is either a really anything. cool idea or a really bad decision. We'll see what happens. Uh, fastest way to generate phishing alert tickets, switch the PSA's default ticket notification language to Dutch. Uh, their PSA was creating tickets whenever an end user replied to an existing ticket to eliminate the English notification templates as the cause. I switched default language to Dutch, got pulled another project. And of course our PSA filtered, filtered out the Dutch. So our text didn't know anything until they started getting tickets asking if we'd been hacked or forwarding ticket notifications. Um, learned Dutch is close to German. Some of our end users do question suspicious emails and that notification templates were not at fault. Um, that's one way to do it. Switch it okay. up. Yeah, um, I'm not going to say I've never made a change and managed and then been called away and completely forgot I made the change and then confused the rest of the company from it. Um, that was also oh, the yeah. impetus for making sure all changes were tracked after that point um, because, yeah, oops. Or um, you ever change a workflow or notification and suddenly send out like 10,000 emails out of manage? I've I definitely done that. did that when we first enabled... Uh, want to say our waiting client response workflow um it <laughs> all was, the old tickets oh, no, it wasn't that it was when we moved to two-stage close we did it fairly early but because we had moved from autotask to manage we had all our old tickets in there we had synced them over um so when we added the two-stage closed and added the workflow if it's completed do this it sent out i should i didn't put a if it was completed from this date on so it sent yeah. all my historical yep. 10,000 tickets uh, notifications. That was fun. Um, yeah, just learning moments, you know, stuff you we, We've all you done something like that. Um, I'm going to do the anti-normal thing for us, and let's answer a tech support question. Um, hopefully it's an easy one so we don't actually... Right? Are we still qualified to answer tech support questions at this point? I don't think so anymore. I really we, don't. We need to have Kelvin on for this question um let's see question on gdap for small msps for msps that are smaller and have technicians performing 365 administrative tasks uh how are you handling gdap uh the principle least privilege makes sense but when your text least privilege only is only a step below global admin by necessity what can be done to protect against the risk of individual accounts so i will tell you in the enterprise world this is where custom tooling or orchestration tools come in so they can do the tasks that the tool lets them do, not the tasks the permission set lets them do in the uh, whatever above platform. Um, yes. Yeah. And so we've been doing that on the networking world. 
for decades. Because um, the last thing I'd want is somebody screwing up a switch config or router config, especially big iron, screwing up a routing profile at the carrier level. So we give them access to only do the thing they do. It requires custom tooling like SIP. Um, what about you? I mean, you've been through this. So I mean, it's it's part of life for MSP. So, so my advice without knowing the specifics of what they're working on, yes, there are management tools and solutions out there um, like you're referring to. But I think in general, I would say it's called least privilege, right? And you, you provide the least amount of privilege you can. And in some cases, that means quite a bit in order to get the job done. And I, so so I would say, man, I can't speak today. Um, provide the least we're, amount we're of privilege you can. Dude. It's okay. Right? And if that means a high, a relatively high level of privilege, then then maybe that's a limitation of the system. But you you can't make that into something that doesn't exist. Now, assuming that you're actually doing GDAP, at least not trying to like log in with global admin creds or anything like that. But if the way you're structured and the tasks that you have to do require high privilege, then they require high privilege in absence of a way to limit it. Yeah, I, I think this is a little easier if you have a true tier one, tier two, tier three architecture in your organization. Yes. Because those those permissions become more strongly defined. If you're if you have a more flat structure, um, and this is gonna be more common for smaller, you know, especially single operators, <clears throat> or if you mm -hmm. only have like a two person, three person tech team where everybody is everything, um, that's much, much, it, yeah. much more difficult. You know, there's nothing um, you can do, right? I mean, if you have a tiered help desk, you can have the level one guys do things like create users and set passwords and things like that. But if anyone can potentially field a request to do anything tenant wide, then they need access to do that. And you either have a structure issue or you just deal with the inherent limitation of that structure and grant access. Yeah, it's um, it, it's funny how some things become easier as you get bigger and some things become harder um training <laughs> and authorization i think is one of those easier things as you get bigger um the most difficult part of of growing or scaling is undoing all the everybody has access to everything um, yes even 12 years later we're still at the point where like some of my access is getting removed now because i don't need it <laughs> you know like we just admitted we're not techs anymore um i don't need to log into don't get me wrong i love being able to log into 365 admin and make changes whenever i need to but i also don't need that for my daily life like so it's tough it's man. easier in, until you get really big and then half the battle becomes trying to figure out like who owns this thing to even ask for access oh, yeah. to it yeah uh or finding the person that does have access to it <laughs> to get the right job like uh, right i have the authorization i found out who owns it who can actually make the change no idea yeah and uh and, and to drill that home that was literally facebook's problem when they got locked out of their data centers um when they had the outage the people that needed to make the changes didn't have access to get into the physical data centers because previously they had no reason to be there um and that that was a fun one that was uh it's, it's nice to see that at the global scale that happening to those companies so like we don't feel so stupid when it happens to us you know it, I, it totally happens yeah. all right Ooh, one of my favorite things ftc fcc i love these uh anyone have any clients affected by ftc safeguard last round we had dealership now we have two new companies mortgage brokers to address in june we relied on sox odor they had a co 
coaching program. Oh, cool. I didn't know those existed. Um, basically guided us how to complete the required audits, but they weren't certified to actually audit. Any other outlets, compliance services, so MSPs have used before they recommend? Um, I have opinions, but I want to hear yours first on this. By the way, if you're screen sharing, you're not screen sharing. Oh, that would be helpful if I was. Thank you for that. Or if you were trying to, at least. Um, <laughs> man, should, should we recommend a specific vendor? Because no, I don't, I don't want to recommend that's who I, would recommend. I want to recommend process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so two things on this. One is make sure you really understand the requirements to bring a client through any kind of regulatory compliance. Um, it's really easy to be the expert for them and accidentally not be the expert because you don't understand it themselves. So from a process perspective, my big thing is seek outside help if you need it. That's my big messaging here, especially if it's a one-off, right? Like maybe a yeah. you have a vertical that specializes in this, but if you just have one client, um, seek some guidance, you will probably mess something up if you just go and download the standard and not just for the FTC, for any compliance yeah. thing. 100%. If you just go download the standard and try to do it on your own, uh, you will probably get it wrong and result in a client failing the audit. Not that there is an yeah. audit for FTC. I don't, no, there's not. But I, I was going to mention that um, that that audit doesn't exist. Um, but with that said, I've looked at a lot of MSP websites. Um, I've yet to see any that actually say audit on there, and for good reason. I'd probably be railing if I saw audit on there. You're not auditors as an MSP. Um, stay in your lane. Now, facilitating the audit, a hundred percent yes. We are the ones that have access to the information. We know where to look. We can provide it to the people, the subject matter experts, but that's a that's a discovery thing. That is not yes. a performing the audit thing. Um, no different than PCI compliance, HIPAA compliance, you know, GDPR, whatever. Leave it to the experts. Um, now, to to this person's question, they're asking for third party services. Um, I haven't seen any for FTC safeguard. Um, a lot of it is just archiving and you know having access to the data after the fact. Um, and there's some call recording rules. That's why it came up for us. Um, but I would say make yourself knowledgeable. I don't have a recommendation, uh, for a service itself. Um, uh, oh yeah. Uh, compliance. I should have mentioned Tim Gold. <laughs> I should probably. <laughs> right. It's okay. I, um, I mentioned him briefly. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. Um, yeah, compliance risk, uh, soon to be, re uh, they're announcing rebranding next week at IT Nation. Um, yeah, there's compliance risk, hit them up. Uh, also, Sock Soder, I didn't, I didn't realize Sock Soder was doing that. That's pretty cool. And, and the thing um, I would just say in general is, right, even if, um, you know, Tim or, or whatever vendor you work with doesn't have direct experience with that framework, they are much more likely to be able to translate and interpret it for you than yeah. you will who's you know doing your first one. Yeah, because there, there's the practices required for governance are pretty universal. What you're documenting is going to change between frameworks and stuff like that. But I mean, would you agree like the practices of how to store, how to document changes, how to, you know, how long to store, like 
there are details that change, but the practices are generally the same. Yeah, for sure. Right. The, the safeguard, you know, it's like the list of safeguards is different per framework, but I, I always get up on my soapbox and say, your security program is not necessarily built around your compliance targets, right? You have a security yeah. program. One of the objectives is to meet the compliance, um, but you have lots of other stuff that you have to do besides just whatever's outlined in that document, usually because it's scoped to specific uh, portions or types of info. Yeah, no, I, uh, 100%. All right, let's see here. We have, oh, I lost my first customer. I've been there. It sucks. Um, lost okay, my first customer. that first sentence, though, yeah. that's pretty impressive. That is impressive. Um, I will say I take a very hard stance and I actually see this as a negative. Um, so we're impressed. We're impressed for different reasons. Um, I see that as potential negative. I'm a big fan. Paul Dipple talks about this, doing the ABCs with your clients, terminating yeah. the Cs, you know, reevaluating re the Bs every single year. Um, <clears throat> in the MSP, in the professional services world, now remember, I'm a VoIP vendor today. I'm not MSP today. In the MSP world, anything professional services, I think that is incredibly important because, especially if you're an ACE uh, shop, if you're an ACE shop, anytime the customer calls you, it's a burden on that contract. Um, and decreasing profitability, you have to have a threshold or you should have a threshold for profitability for contracts and the ones that go below, fix it or cut it off. Um, my personal opinion, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm not, definitely not telling anybody what they have to do. Um, but yes, there is a positive for not losing any customers in 13 years. And I'm grossly extrapolating here because this could be he's fired. They've fired customers in the last 13 years. They've just never lost one. Yeah, or it could so, be like, this is the first one that's his fault specifically, like yes, messed up yeah, something. Yeah. That's, and in which case, damn, because I, I, I screwed <laughs> right. up my first six months. I, like, and I did it again with MMN. You'd figure like eight businesses over multiple decades, I should be really good at this. And MMN's very first customer, we lost and it was our fault. And it was my fault. It was not anybody else's fault. It's so a universal thing. Stage. Yeah, we're yeah. almost universal, apparently, based yeah. on this post. Almost. Yeah, we have the one guy we, we need to be looking up to. All right. It says, uh, lost my first customer in 13 years of doing this. I worked for M three MSPs over the course of 13 years. Never had a customer leave that I was in charge of. Okay. That's more. Oh, okay. That's, that's different. Yeah. yeah. Now I'm in charge of the entire MSP side. Yeah, it's not an owner. I mean, you lose customers. That's just life, you know? Okay. Um, I feel that this seems more realistic now. Yeah. Uh, because of, um, I'm littered with unrealistic job expectations because of this, the customer didn't get the attention they needed. I know it's not entirely my fault, but I'm still pretty bummed. Uh, it was a heavy hitting contract for us. We have very little revenue to start with three years into ooh, load bearing clients. That's rough. Um, three years into this, the owner hasn't invested in sales, proper staffing, or literally anything else to make it successful. We have an outsource help desk and a level one plus tech to fill the gap, but it's not enough. I do everything from sales to management to VCIO to support. Given my life to somebody else's business, I'm in my wit's end. I've decided to take my senior system administrator position with a local company. Pays more, probably has one eighth of the responsibility. Okay, so this is a venting post. Um, wow. Any takeaways here? Any, anything you would have done if you were in this situation, based on the information you have, obviously? Uh, based on everything that I'm reading here, 
I actually think he did the right thing by letting this go. Um, it, it sounds like he's not an owner shareholder of the company. Right. It sounds like he's an employee trying to do too much. And at some point, if he was not able to advocate for more staffing or limited responsibilities, there's only so much time he can give it as not the owner. It's not necessarily up to him to save the client in this case. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. The one thing I didn't see here, which I would like to see in these posts, um, is that, you know, that they talked with the owner and voiced these concerns and see what the owner's plan was for addressing them. Now, to be fair, though, I'm going to give this person the benefit of the doubt because, like you said, I think they did everything right here. Um, I have no reason to believe they didn't have that conversation with the owner, um, even though they didn't mention it. Uh, that's the one thing I would say if anybody else's feet is experiencing a, a similar situation. And let's be honest, every tech, every employee thinks they know how to do the job better than the boss. And in many cases, they're right. Oh, it's yeah. not, that's not the problem. Um, but just like we talk about in MSPs, in MSP life, any security training you're going to do is not going to have any effect if you can't get executive adoption. Well, in your personal business, it's exactly the same thing. You need to make sure your boss is on the same page as you. And if you can't see alignment there, yeah, it's a time to move on. It is what it is. And um, th this is the total case of like, you know, do as I say and not as I do, because I would totally like have killed myself to try and save the client by working a hundred million hours. Oh, yeah. And that is that the wrong thing yeah. to do. You're looking out for your Absolute own mental health thing. too. Yeah, yes. no, I, I get it. I, yeah, I, I, I think we're both in support of the the OP um, with the information we have. It'd be nice. Uh, I'd lo I'd love to see the owner perspective on that um, because I will say, as an owner, there's times we have perspectives the employee might not have. Um, I will also say, as an owner, the employee is 100 percent entitled to that perspective, to that knowledge. Yeah. Um, your, and, and your your bosses it, can't be gatekeeping that. Agreed. It sounds like there's serious burnout here. And so from the owner perspective, it's if things got to this point, something was missed uh, along the way here to let it get that far. Yeah, I. Um, so let me ask you that burnout is a constant thing we see on the in in our sub. Um, we see it on sysadmin. It's different in sysadmin than it is here, right? Sysadmin is my predecessor was an idiot. Well, then again, that applies to MSP too. Um, but my, you know, the, every the envelopes. predecessor was an idiot. Every predecessor, just I, like I every told, the guy who owned the house before you was dumb. The guy who oh, ran the network before you was dumb. I have the wall in my living room where my living room TV is mounted goes up ninety five percent to the ceiling, and it has these side pieces that go all the way up, and then a little cutout. Why? I don't know. I imagine they had plants there at some point or something like that. That wouldn't bother me. However, the part that's cut out is not straight. So I can either have the TV aligned with the top of the, the cutout, or I can have it aligned with the actual floor. I can't have it even with both. That drives me bonkers. Um, to which we're just going to sell the house because at this point I'm not fixing that. <laughs> and then the new buyer will say the same thing about you. Oh. He'll talk so much trash about me. Absolutely, 100%. Um, that's just life. But uh, what do you think? I, we see the thing on MSP burnout of, you know, the driver, the owners are slave masters, um, incredible ticket burden, poor management, taking needy clients. Um, is it that bad? Or are we just seeing the echo chamber? Like, 
you were in the MSP life. You talk to a lot of MSPs every day. I don't talk to that that many in my daily conversations that are that burned out. So I'm curious what you see. I I think we do it to ourselves. Um, exactly what we were just talking about. How you or I would put in a million hours to save this client, even if we weren't an owner or stakeholder in some way. And I think there's two types of burnout or two types of burnout stories that often get confused. Um, there's, I have a real ton of stuff going on this week or this month, and it's just one of those crazy things and you end up working a hundred hours in a week and the, uh, working in tech, you will never get, get away from that, right? There's going to be the occasional really long night. Um, you know, something blows up and you have to spend three days or the whole week fixing it. And that's different than a systemic, not enough staffing kind of burnout. Um, yeah. So, so my, my thought is that the short term kind of burnout is just the reality of the industry. And you, you should expect that going, not, not saying it's a good thing necessarily, but it's going to happen. Stuff will blow up and you'll deal with it. Not, yeah. not impossible. The, you know what I mean? Right. The long-term stuff is, I think where the problems come in. And I think some of the posts we see though are from people new to the industry or just don't have that expectation set and are confusing. I had a really long crappy week with, I don't have enough people on staff. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that, that's something I've learned in my own life. I know as a business owner, I know my, my directors, uh, of the departments know what our ticket burden is on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. What's a normal month. What's a crazy month. Um, we just came off of two crazy months and you know, this last month has been pretty stable. Um, but the reason we're able to identify that is because we have the data. Um, what's up, Tim? We were just talking about you, buddy, uh, talking to you, uh, talking about you as an expert in, <laughs> in, in compliance and governance. Now that he's um, here, uh, no longer yeah. applies. Yeah, no longer applies. I mean, obviously you're spending your time watching horrible shows, um, but <laughs> we appreciate you coming on, dude. Um, no, but like, you're right though. Like, I think the long-term I've been doing this so long, I'm burnt out is a lack of clear career development and planning. That is the boss's job. That is your job as an employee to talk to your boss about it and have your own preferences and your own opinions, but it's your boss's job to make sure that happens. Um, you know, on the, the new tech that comes in or the new employee that comes in and, you know, maybe they're used to working at a geek squad or at, you know, radio shack or you know if you right, can still find right. one um you know but uh yeah absolutely do dude we were we were just recommending you um what should we call it you know you come in msp life msp life is like boot camp right this is it's but it's like non-stop boot camp it doesn't change from that it is the chaos of war um i personally love that that's that's where i thrive it's yeah. not for everybody you know I had one no, guy that came on and he was like, look, I don't like not knowing all of my clients personally, every single detail. I don't like talking to different people every single day. Um, he was like, I want to work with one set of people and, be, and, and we don't do pods or we, we've never done pods. So mm -hmm. he went to the corporate life and I completely get it. That to me that's sounds fine. like a slow death, yeah. but I respect that's his priority. So that's, that's life. So you said you've had two 
really busy, crazy months in a row. How long would it go on before you said, okay, now this is systemic and we actually have a staffing issue or there's some cause that we need to investigate? Like, how, When does it become an anomaly or when does it become normal? So we have very, we have opinions that we review or we have data review every month or ever, I'm sorry, every year of this is how many tickets we should have per tech. Um, you can do a clients per tech. You can do endpoints per tech. There's a million ways to, to cut this up. Um, we do tickets per tech. Um, so because we have very specific guidelines as to how long each ticket should take. And so for us, 20 minutes a ticket plus 10 minutes of documentation, two tickets an hour. I know that's very slow for MSP. That's just the way we do things. Um, you know, so we work 10 hour shifts, take an hour for lunch. So there should be 18 tickets done, right? Nine hours of work, 18 tickets um, for the average day. So I know if I have five techs, I have, let's do five times 20 just to make it easier. That's what, 92 tickets? Um, uh, no, that's 90 tickets. Um, I, if I'm getting more than 90 tickets a day with five techs working, I need and I have it on a consistent basis for a couple of weeks. I'm not going to do it off one week, two weeks. Uh, to your question, right, probably okay. a month or more. That's when we start looking at it. Um, we'll also start looking at the causes for those additional tickets. In our case, um, it was a combination of growth and we had some technical challenges we had to address. So we knew that the um, the explosion was only because of the technical challenges so that was temporary so we staffed up using internal management to staff up in other departments it didn't warrant hiring more techs um, by contrast um, we already have techs tech hiring planned out for the year because we know what we expect as far as influx of clients how many new tickets that brings we're pretty good in the ballpark of, of knowing that data um, I don't know any other MSPs that track that have knowledge of that not, that data. Uh, and one of the things we're failing at is not making sure that data is that the techs that are working know what that data is. So, hey yeah. guys, we get yeah. 100 tickets a day. That's normal. Today was crazy. Crazy actually mm -hmm. meant we received 200 tickets today, not 100 tickets today. Um, so they can qualify it. So they can understand if it's data or feeling, right? And and the key to this though is that you're able to make many or i won't say most but many tickets deterministic time-wise right because you know how long a change should take or a user ad should take or whatever um, and I, I guess outside of the problems that end up being the customer's own networking of course um, but everything else you're able to say okay this is the expected amount of time and depending on the msp right the the changes in the ads can be like that but the generic this thing isn't working tickets you, you just don't know it could be 15 minutes so we two do days know. um we do because we have ticket triage and dispatch um so we have skills based teams all right so tier mm -hmm. one tier two tier three we have very specific skills for each one of those very specific access levels for each one of those because of that we know the type of tickets a tier one handles a tier two handles so i can very comfortably say a tier one is going to be a 20 minute ticket at 20 minutes they ask the escalate to the manager Give them what i've this is the problem statement this is what i've done this is what i think we need to go to so the manager can look and say take another 20 minutes or just escalate it um same thing with tier two same same premise except it's an hour tier three 24 hours because it's a little usually those are more bigger problem things yeah and it's only 24 hours because it's usually worth collaboration on at that point um the tier three are the fuzzy ones tier three and up anything that gets to me i'm tier four you can guarantee it's going to be a couple of days, if not a couple of weeks, because um, I usually get the dev stuff, the bug stuff, 
yeah. platform stuff, stuff that's longer. Um, but you raised a key point in that you can have this kind of capacity planning by how long a tech will spend without even necessarily having to know how long the ticket will take in total. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it just makes it easier. So, and this is something, and we have dashboards and stuff like that, personal dashboards. Um, but one of the things I've always been cognizant of, to me, a tech looks at the ticket board and if they see 60 tickets on the board, they're going to feel overwhelmed, even if they're only supposed to be working the same two tickets per hour, no matter what. And that goes back to that self burnout you were talking about previously of sometimes you just look at the whole picture, whether you, and especially when you can't solve it yourself, that becomes overwhelming. Um, so <laughs> we, you know, we've got your managers. Yeah. <laughs> like we went totally off topic, but this is such a good point. When, when we used to do, um, assigned tickets as opposed to selecting the next one guys would get so burned out when they saw their queue had like 30 tickets in it as opposed to yeah. you're done with it go take the one off the top of the board instead of assigning it to someone um, it made such yeah. a big difference in, in morale and stress level yeah i i was waiting for this comment 50 percent for admin time ticket update seems like a lot um absolutely 100 percent um i completely acknowledge two tickets an hour 20 minutes for a ticket 10 minutes for documentation is a lot it's very slow by msp standards um i'm a voice provider now i'm not an msp anymore so our things are a little different our tier one tickets because we're white label partners and they're doing troubleshooting on their own our tier one are closer to a normal tier two um so when it comes to documentation usually there's call routing changes diagnostic network changes um stuff you would expect a tier two to document which does take a little bit longer um mm. that's why we're designed that way and this is off after 12 years of data right this is not like we came up with these things um this was our way to combat poorly documented tickets um which is always a that's always a battle that's not a, that's never perfect right um but you gotta it's, you gotta make that space it's one of those issues that like, yes, it is important, critically important to understand how much admin time your techs are taking. But on the other hand, there is no better way to ruin the relationship with your techs than watching their admin time like a hawk. They will hate you for it. Like, Plus, it, it's it, one of those things you just, if you harp on them too much, like it just destroys any support that they have. Yeah. And, and there's some ancillary benefits too. Uh, I'm a big believer nothing should just have one reason um so internally to prevent burnout i'm a highly scheduled person i have meetings back to back to back um not very different than techs that'll work tickets back to back um you need breathing room you need decompression time um it's either going to happen in three hours four hours working straight and then they need to take 30 minutes off to go breathe i personally like to do it a little closer to the bone i don't like to let it drag out like that so my 30, if you schedule a 30 minute meeting with me, it'll actually show up as 25 minutes on your calendar. If you schedule an hour with me, it'll show up as 50 minutes. And the whole point of that is so yeah. I can have breathing room. And that's actually become a standard across the entire organization. Um, it's no different with text. If they take two minutes to document and they have eight minutes to go breathe and walk around and go do something else, I'm still hundred percent good with it. Like that is the point. Um, yeah, for sure. Because Especially front facing help desk like client facing help desk. That's a hard job. That's, that's a really hard job. You know what I mean? Like you don't I always do. have happy it's, clients it's to talk to. <laughs> it's, I mean, and neither like, Matt nor I want to do it. Right? I, I've seen environments where, you know, someone will 
you start giving crap to a tech for not putting in their five minutes of admin time for going to get coffee. Like, come on. It's like, come on, dude. Like these are people, and especially living at home, like part of the benefits is like, you can get up and go to the kitchen, get up, go check the mail. And, uh, I was reading some, um, I was reading some, uh, health articles recently between standing desks. We've had standing desks forever. Um, you know, so if you watch me long enough, you see me play with my desk here, put my arm up and that kind of thing. Um, mm. but apparently the current studies state that standing all day isn't really any better than sitting all day. What's more important is every 30 minutes or so getting up and going walking. And it could be a very, very minor pace, but just getting up yeah. and walking for five minutes, uh, every 30 minutes is far more important. Um, so, you know, that. I'm not saying that's why we did it that way. I'm saying it's a benefit of it. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, and we encourage um, it. We encourage it 100%. So I, I have one more point on, on what you said, and that is a good reminder because I didn't realize this early in my career. Um, meeting, like calendar invites are not just for meetings. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard scheduling stuff that you're supposed to do is just as valuable. And I see texts all the time um, with like, one hour scheduled in the day because they only have one meeting and a long to-do list and then you get to the next day and it's, oh i didn't get a chance to do this thing because right it like wasn't scheduled <laughs> hard schedule things to do and, and it, i know it seems obvious to probably most people watching but like day one when you walk into the it world you, you just don't realize that well and that's the that's the that's the genesis of oh what do you have doing today oh i only have one meeting and then you get to the end of the day, oh, I'm swamped. I've been back to back and I haven't finished all the stuff I wanted to do. How could you? You had a 12 point like item list that each one was an hour and you had a 10 hour workday and you still had a one hour meeting already scheduled. You had no chance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we see it because we're already later in our careers. And I know I have, I'm sure you've had to delegate things from time to time. Part of delegating is learning at what can I do? What can I accomplish personally? And what can't I? Because now that becomes not something I should delegate. It means something I have to delegate so it gets done on time, right? Um, but you can't know that if you don't schedule yourself. <laughs> Which is a difficult thing when you start managing. And it's like, oh, yeah. I can do everything. What do you mean? Like, no, you can't. Well, you can do everything. And to be fair, especially in the beginning stages of management, you can probably do the job better than most of your underlings. Um, at least faster, for sure. And that's an experience thing. And then mm -hmm. it goes the other way and then we've been in management too long and we're no, nowhere near as good as our technical staff but for that beginning the hard part is not i can do it faster it's i can do it faster but it doesn't matter they have to do it and sitting and waiting when you know you could have had something done already that is oh that's the worst part of, mo of moving to management in my opinion you have to like resist that urge to push them out of the way and start typing it yourself it, yeah it's tough it's a difficult adjustment it's I'm one of those for you. And actually, since we have David in the chat, David's an expert on this too. Oh, I just lost, lost, just lost Matt. Um, this has been happening on restream lately and I apologize guys. This is not Matt doing it. This happened yesterday on tech bar too. Um, restream has been just kicking off hosts every once in a while. It happened on the pitch event, uh, yesterday with Sean too. We better so hire someone thing. to investigate this. <laughs> <laughs> should hire some technical staff and maybe uh you know i don't know a production company that's good at this um oh thanks logan my uh my tech bar uh tech bar tour t-shirt from last year okay that is a pretty cool uh, shirt thanks this is uh juan uh did this juan marcos and on the back it actually has all the events we went to in 2022 
um oh nice like you know like a road tour thing uh yeah uh, i'll put it up in the chat the link to it um actually since we have david here um from helped uh and you know you i'm curious as to your opinions what was your how did you do schedule and resource planning um so like i said i do it by time and skill based how are you scheduling staff how are you accounting for how much, how much staff you needed before you said let me grow this mm, man um it's a hard one too i just put that on the spot so. right I, so I, i'll be honest we we tried multiple different things and I, i'm not sure we ever were fully satisfied with it um, mostly it ended up being utilization over a period of time. If we saw that over, I think it might've been three months or may, maybe a little bit longer, but over a long period of time that we had um, very high utilization and high ticket backlogs and that they started to impact response time, that was the signal. Um, you know, we, we it, it really was the response time that did it right. So if something was sitting for too long because nobody could get to it because they were working on other things, um, that was a key indicator for us that we needed more staff. Assuming it went on for yeah, yeah. you know a, a time, not just like a week or two. And resource utilization—that's that's pretty standard fare. I mean, most. Of if the... I didn't say that, I'd be disqualified myself. That's like the one you 100%. have to look at. Oh, for sure, for sure. You would have been like Matt Topper doesn't. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. You know, and all the PSAs have ways to do that. Um, I will say one of the things I didn't pay too much attention to in the beginning, uh, and I learned very quickly, um, your tech's hourly cost, their salary, is not your full burden rate. Figure out what your burden rate is. Um, and don't be scared of overestimating. Um, that's that's the point. Um, you know, your insurance, for those that don't know what burden rate is, um, your cost to carry them, right? Whether it's their mm -hmm. the tools they use or the benefits you're paying into them or whatever. Every employee has uses like two and a half X, three X, uh, whatever their salary is. Um, obviously over a hundred grand, that's a little different. Uh, that metric's a little different, but under hundred grand, two and a half to three X is pretty fair as far as full burden rate. Um, I see it as low as one and a half times with the amount of benefits that companies are offering today. Um, and I'm proud to say we offer very good benefits um that cost just goes up and up um mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know look at it see what it is and, and plus maybe help your clients understand the burden rate for their employees right if we're saying we're going to charge per client those of us that that are charging per client not per endpoints a different conversation but per client then teach your staff teach your clients to understand the burden rate say well yeah you're adding another user it's 225 from us but their burden rate is this um and that 225 is not going to seem like that big of a deal if you show them the full burden rate. So, right. Um, just just help David them said. find it because if, if you go in and yeah. like start giving them numbers like it's some marketing paper, you lose all credibility instantly. 100%. And, and, and that's no different than we were talking about the audit, right? If we want to dovetail back to an earlier conversation, well, we're not doing the work for them. We're showing them where the data is. We're getting the data for them so they can make the decisions. We're advising them but we're not ultimately it's on the owner we can't decide what the burden rate's going to be we can't decide what to do with that information we're just like you ever see those those websites that show like a put your quantity in we'll show you how much money you can save like oh yeah don't do that <laughs> oh, come on, man. and then put a coin star at their office and 
you know mm. yep the help the help bros are here uh yeah david was calling me out for uh 50 admin time I, I had to go back and justify myself so <laughs> <laughs> um but that's good though that's the point right get all of the get all of the input from the community and i will say i was that jerk in the beginning like you have to do ace like why are you charging for endpoint why are you charging for like and then i realized okay there's justifications for different methods you know what i mean not my way of doing things but you got to respect it um now i would like to hear the 50 percent admin rate in the msp world justification that would be a tough sell i think it um on the it would absolutely be a tough sell it depends um, on how you do things, I would say. Um, this is actually, Dean is a perfect example. He came from many years of MSP, um, of all sizes of MSP, because MSP got acquired twice. Um, and so he was one of the ones, he was on my ass about time, like time tracking. Um, because we already have set standards as to how long tickets should take, I don't care how long they actually work the tickets, other than making sure they're within our, our SLOs. Um, so I don't care if a tech worked 10 minutes on this client's ticket and 15 minutes on that client's ticket. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because we understand our costs going into in a per endpoint uh, design. Um, but that was one of the things Dean fought me on in the beginning of like, how do you not track time? How do you not do this thing? Because in the MSP world, I can't imagine a world where you couldn't, yeah. right? It's different businesses yeah, have, have different models. Um, <clears throat> but like, I will say there's probably between burnout and maybe I'm overly gracious on the time. There could be somewhere in the middle, right? Maybe 25%, 20% admin time, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, I've only seen stuff. You know when I see stuff like 50, when it's um, like the service manager is still a little bit technical and works a couple of tickets, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Nobody who's primarily technical or support client-facing would really be at a rate that low. Yeah. Um, actually, I should clarify this. Um, so... I agree 100% with this. Don't use admin as just a dumpster bucket. Um, the easiest way to tie that back into us is we have unlimited PTO. We launched that a couple months ago at this point. Um, not probably less than 90 days. Um, we launched unlimited PTO. We still have, when you put in for your time off requests, we still have sick time, vacation time, PTO. We still have those things for tracking how the time is being used. It doesn't change that they just have unlimited balance. No different with ACE. It doesn't matter if the client's ACE. You still want to document what types of work you're putting into it or how much time you're putting in, if that's your metric, um, because that's going to educate you on who do I need to train up, who's my noisy clients, that kind of stuff. Um, the data is very important, no question. I think Dean's talking about there are, help me, in the managed world, Not I'm not talking about on tickets. There's admin time. That's a separate time entry. They're called charge right? codes. In charge codes. That's what I was yes. looking for. Um, yeah, and that is a standard thing that at the end of the day, some MSPs have the tech go in and, you know, clean up their their day's time entries and add an admin charge code in there for the remainder of the time. So they have their full utilization. Um, that is a method. It's not a method I ever did, um, but I absolutely understand the reasoning for it. Yeah, um, it's supposed to be stuff that's not accountable to anything. The, the other thing I would say with this is make sure to put yourself in as a company in your PSA and charge yourself when you do internal work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we do that. I will say we do, um, whatchamacallit, we do, uh, 
So we have our CSE department is our tech department for in-house. Um, and every request we do still gets tagged as a ticket when it's an OIT ticket. So we're still tracking all those requests. We know exactly how much time is being taken. We know how much time our platform engineers are spending on solving OIT problems versus, you know, regular problems. Um, yeah. That that accountability, and I think that goes back to what Dean's saying, that um, it doesn't matter what you're tracking as long as the accountability is there. Figure out yeah. what's important to you. Figure out how to track that way, not just for managers, for the employees too. I'm a big fan of self-dashboards so you know where you stand, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, that payroll yeah, wrap. It, yeah. It's nice to be able to go back and say, you know, a, a full admin time is really kind of, without calling it that, but kind of like doing nothing as opposed to I spend time automating something or spend time writing a script or something that's not chargeable yeah. to a client necessarily. Um, the admin time is really like I was fixing my timesheet or something like right. that. Yeah, it's administrative stuff. I I realize I didn't document this, and I gotta go die, or I have to put a time off request or some nonsense. Yeah. Um. Don't take time off. It's MSP. Nobody gets time off or vacations. Um, right. Yeah. You don't want to hear me talk about those things. I, I have very strong opinions on the only job. Uh, the only purpose of your job is to support your personal life, in my opinion. Um. We do now. I bet if you asked each of us when we were techs, we would have said, "Forget oh, it." Oh, in the beginning, time yeah. off totally different totally different um you know i look at like when i was a tech i used to laugh about it because as i i can almost track my evolution of my career to how many how much gear i took with me at two conferences or i took with me out on the road when i left the house right when i was a tech i had a backpack i had a laptop maybe an ipad like i had dongles i had my cd book or my usb keys or my iod or whatever i was using at the time and I absolutely like I could go to a ticket, even if it was a Saturday, I was going to get a haircut. Um, I could still work a ticket if I need to. And to get out of the mentality of like going to conferences and still having to carry around a backpack with all that crap with me, like it was really hard to get out of that, you know, that technical mindset. Um, you carried like the MSDN binder around with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I might still have that here somewhere. They had the most beautiful discs. I mean, because they had that, uh, that, holographic uh yeah stuff they look good and there's some nice cd binders too yes they were really good stuff <laughs> it's stuff i would keep even though i don't have a single cd today so it's kind of no point um yeah it's uh what's your cost of internal support oh here's a good question from dustin what's a, your cost of internal support do you need to hire a full-time person for that role so we have a full-time team for internal support um between onboardings remember we're hiring you know, even though we're small, we're still hiring one to two people per month. Um, onboardings take a significant amount of time. Um, yeah. And yes, we are starting to get into roofs, so I don't want to hear it. Um, but uh, onboardings take a significant amount of time. There's always stuff that goes up, especially with, you know, we have under a little under 50 people that are fully remote across five continents or four continents. Um, there is support that's needed, <laughs> whether it's their ISP is screwing up or a doc is screwing up or some laptop went bad or there's an update that didn't apply properly. There is, it's definitely, there's internal support. I, I would say probably after 20 people, you probably need at least one person just for internal platform, like full-time dedicated to that. Um, if you're smaller, whoever your RMM admin is, like whoever's, yeah. and it doesn't have to be a dedicated RMM admin. I'm just saying that person has those skills already. Um, so if you have a technical person on your team that's doing the RMM admin, 
somebody has to be doing your MMPSA admin, even if it's not a dedicated role. That person already has skill sets of how to handle your internal org. Um, and that's a nice career, uh, career progression if they want it. Um, yeah, when you need a department, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you need a department. You know, We started it because, again, as a service provider, we have very significant platforms. Uh, you yeah. know, we have a good size footprint. Um, so we have different needs and it made sense for our core services engineering for our platform infrastructure security to be the same team as our internal support. It kind of just, the, the skills all melt, melded together. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, a small that. question and, and you eventually will separate out most likely oh, yeah. um, client stuff and internal It's just, you don't have the resources to do that until you reach a certain size and what that yeah. size is is different for every org based on how complex your systems are. Absolutely. And it makes a nice career progression. Like if you're helping your techs plan out, I personally believe a tier one shouldn't be a tier one more than two years. Um, now to that end, we just hired a guy that is a career tier one. He's a little bit older than me. He is, that is his chosen profession in life. Um, he likes it. You know what I mean? And, you know, so good for him. We had that at the police department too, where we had cops that wanted to be street cops for their full 30 years. And to me, that sounds like a slow death, but teach their own everyone's got different things the the one you know when when you're a tier one you go home and your work doesn't follow you home like yeah that part is nice uh, it it shouldn't follow you home because <laughs> we we have a lot of people that are accountable um it shouldn't follow you home yes you and and to be a career person in one of those roles you have to be able to disconnect like that um if not you get burned out but my thing is two years and you should be progressing your career and not everybody wants to be help desk for the rest of their life. Right. So that's where our CSC team comes in, our, uh, our DevOps, our security, you know, that's all rolled up in the CSC side. Um, or smaller, uh, we had an alignment tech whose job was keeping tools aligned for clients and us. Eventually that morphed into an internal support department. That's a nice progression. I like that. Um, and that's in, in line with what I'm saying, like your RMM engineer, yeah. going to have those skills just separate um, the accounts so that the impact uh, of an account compromise is smaller even if it's the same person no everybody's global admin man we already talked about that it was <laughs> <laughs> right uh oh i just see this all the time too all right job architecture oh we're over how to go home go from day one to cto so that's a talk i submitted for geekon last year uh adam wolford took it over made it a panel very cool. I may submit it again this year um, to GeekCon or RejectionCon um, of help desk to CEO or help desk to C-suite. Not everybody wants to be CEO. The reason I say CEO is because there are some significant questions you need to decide early if you really want to go down the CEO path. Um, and the reason I say that is not to help you get to the CEO path. I mean, there are significant questions you should ask that will be disqualifiers. They're going to be like, I never want to do that job. Um, and it's good to figure out. You want to sit in meeting, meetings all day and deal with budgets because it's a management role. I can't tell you the last CLI I logged into, and I desperately miss that. <laughs> you can't imagine. Right. I just don't get the benefit. Of, I don't get the time for it. There's some stuff like new tools and toy. Like there's, I have a list of 20 different low code, no code app development tools I'm looking at that I'm dying to spend time in. I just don't, haven't had the time to do it. Um, and remember, if you got into this job because you love technology, realize if that's your goal, you're gonna have a, you're gonna progress to the point where you're not gonna be doing any technology 
And even worse, you're going to have to hire somebody to do the thing you're already good at. So these are questions you need to consider in advance. Um, We just hired a CTO. Kevin Dukeyevich started with us a couple months ago as my CTO. You know how much it hurt me to hire a CTO? (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm a CTO. (laughs) I I know exactly what you mean. But like, you have to do it, you know? So I, and I think if the techs looked at it in the beginning, early days and saw some of that stuff and had those questions and answered them, they'd be better prepared for where they want their career to go, which is the real point of it. Yeah. I would say it's not a bad idea to take a page out of like the Microsoft book and have separate defined tech and management paths. Um, One, just to do it. And two, to really set the expectation that these are different jobs. The, the penultimate, technical job is not cto it's probably like uh you know solutions architect or something like that one of those dirty solutions engineers (laughs) yeah (laughs) those sales engineers that's like uh if you think vendors are hated sales engineers yeah either that or like hyper specializing in something like to the point where you fly around the country fixing the the 14 instances of it see that's what i that's what i grew into before i went the executive route and i really love that um that was my that's my happy place when i get consulting gigs for stuff that i know there's like maybe five thousand people on the planet that could answer these questions that's fun for me um that also happens very 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 rarely um which is why they're so special um and i'm not going to lie and say i don't have a calendar link specifically for that uh, because <laughs> you'll pry that from my cold dead hands um I will be in heaven or the other place still doing architecture, I promise. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, I worked with the guy that refused to move out of... I want to get through these questions and then we'll kill it because I know we're a little over time. Um, I worked with the guy that refused to move out of help desk and was damn good at it. Uh, mentor, my first job. Love that he got to walk away at 5 p.m. every day and never had to work after hours. That's yeah. what you said, Matt. I mean, that's there is a lot of that. There's a lot of happiness to that. As long as it's um, a conscious choice, right? And not because yes. they're not trying or, or not doing anything else. Well, the easy thing to fall into and what I try to prevent people from doing is my first 10 years in, or maybe my first eight years in, I was working till seven, 10 o'clock at night, midnight some days. And it took me a minute to realize, hey, dummy, you're doing this specifically so you can spend more personal time and have a better personal life. Like, what's the point if I'm going to work 14 hour days? Like that's, I'm creating the problem I'm trying to solve for. You know what I mean? So um, there's a lot to be said for just being able to disconnect. Um, And I often say the only only people that signed up for to be 24-7 are the owners. We chose that. Nobody on my staff should feel that way. Um, Keeping tools aligned, functional for clients is is COG. So I paid for him out of support budget rather than below the line. Um, yeah, that, that's something I think every executive should learn, especially every, uh, CEO, um, learning above the line and below the line costs and, and revenue. Um, those are business accounting principles that, uh, I've seen exactly three MSPs talk to me about Dean being one of them. Um, it's, it's not a common thing for under, under 50 person MSPs. Um, I hate being CEO. If you want to be CEO, please reach out. <laughs> I've made the exact same comments. <laughs> I've told myself anybody that wants we did a MS, we did a CEO for a day a couple times. Um and universally every time it finished it was I don't want your job. Um and I don't think that was just uh, platitudes because I heard them repeat it to somebody else 
later on saying how, how little they wanted my job. Um, which, you know, sad. I, I love my job. I have, there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, like I do stuff like this and stuff. You, you knew what you were getting into though. I did. I did. And I chose to do this nine times over. Um, <laughs> some other stuff I'm choosing to do. So you were on tech bar last night. You guys were promoting the canines for warriors uh event that's going to be the five is, is it a 5k does it have a distance is it a 5k or what is it is, so the the run part is a 5k on thursday but there's also all of the uh you know the dog treat making and the the other parts to that so you don't have to run to support it um you have to run at all or walk or anything um we'll happily take your donations and you can stay at home yeah yeah, uh, and we got $1,000 donated uh, yesterday. I don't have the link available to me right now. I'll make sure we put it in the show notes. Um, if you want to donate, uh, we're trying to get to, what, $50,000? Yeah, I mean, I that's a, a very high-stretch goal, 50000 but yeah. that, that's the ultimate goal. We can get there. You guys killed it with the uh, beard shave last year at IT Nation. So, um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Funny that we went from shaving off all the hair last year to now we're getting animals that are covered in hair. Um, I, I think somebody at ConnectWise has a some little you know proclivity towards hair. Uh, we're not going to get into that. Um, not on recorded camera, at least. Not on recorded camera. <laughs> we don't want to get mad at HR violation. <laughs> um, but seriously though, if you're going to IT Nation Connect next year or next week, um, come hit us up, hang out with us. We'll be doing the uh, the Canine for Warriors, both the treat making uh, that are that I found out from Tech Bar, human edible. Um, but they're going to be for the game. Don't need all of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. They're peanut butter, dude. So, uh, call it? uh, we're getting canine. We're donating money to get the canines to give to the warriors. So the warriors save the dogs. The dogs save the warriors. It's an awesome, who doesn't love dogs? And, and it, it, it is, it's a fantastic organization. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that we were able to, um, turn our desire to let's like go on a run and do something that's really meaningful and impactful. Yeah. And the tech bar will be there with a water table. So <laughs> we will be there <laughs> doing a, uh, a non, a, a hydrating tech bar versus uh, supporting versus. So is uh, that pre-run or post-run? Like the guys who woke up hung over, can they get I, a, uh, <laughs> a so I, you know what? Maybe we should have a couple of bottles of bourbon there for the guys that, either we're still drinking and just walked over we were talking about picking some of those you guys were talking about picking some of those up or ones that just are need a little hair of the dog um, yeah there you we'll go play it get through we'll the see run. What, we'll, we'll see what the needs are um but definitely there will be after run celebrations uh for anybody not passed out if you are passed out we have sharpies just warning you now um <laughs> matt you got anything between i mean because you don't already have a packed week next week um do you have anything going on later today or uh this weekend um, yeah, so later today and this weekend, I'm doing everything that I meant to do while I was traveling the last two days. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Bro, no, I, so, I so obviously yeah, this point, it's just total crunch time yeah. for IT Nation. Yeah, it's crunch time. I, I'm with you. I need I need a good three more days until IT Nation uh, because, yeah, I've been traveling nonstop as well. All right, what else do we got coming on? We actually have uh, Pitch It uh, coming up. Um, it's not on here, but we're doing, uh, pitch it at one o'clock. Uh, we're going to be with, uh, Mark Eliev of thread, uh, and Matt Lynn, uh, where we're going to be going with the pitch it finalists. Uh, we have AI roundup, 
now ChatGPT makes podcasting easier, better than ever. Uh-oh, I, I think I'm getting replaced. Uh, we have 38 to 38 coming out today at 5 o'clock. And then MSP Dispatch was already at uh, 10 o'clock and just before this, and we'll be there on Tuesday. Uh, and then we'll both be at IT Nation Connect. So hit us up. I'll, I'll be, be there as of Sunday. Uh, when are you getting in? Monday. Monday. So come hit us up, hang out with us, take care of some dogs with us, uh, have fun. Uh, Lee gentlemen, we appreciate you. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Thanks, guys. been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.